Hey kids, it's time for Surf Shorts! Welcome to the Surf Shorts Podcast, an innovator in modern storytelling, looking towards the future, using business terms like radical, off the lip, caught inside and totally tubular. Surf Shorts, the storytelling podcast, recorded on VHS then downloaded to cassette for maximum audio quality. It's totally radical. Hey everyone, as most of you know, this episode is brought to you by Outer Banks Hammocks, obxhammocks.com, handmade in the USA, two-year guarantee. They've been doing it since 1971. And when you think of OBX hammocks, don't just think of hammocks. Think of swings and chairs, stands, accessories, and outdoor furniture. obxhammocks.com has Outer Banks aluminum and resin wicker furniture, three birds casual teak, Pauly's Island Durawood and Summer Classic. You can click on obxhammocks.com to find out more about their high-quality hammocks and outdoor furniture. obxhammocks.com on the web. Record on VHS and download it to cassette for maximum audio quality. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Surf Shorts. I've got today with me, Chow. What's up, dude? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, just so everybody knows, we're I think we Instagrammed this live. My son disappeared on me. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> and we are in Surf City Surf Shop, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we're back in the lounge. Uh, you can't see it uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Be- behind you is a fireplace on the wall, drum kit. A, a base amp. That's a fin- That's a Fender Rumble 500. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I was thinking it was a tube amp, but now I see it's it's got a no nah, man. A way, head man, back in the day, I used to carry around these ampegs that the head weighed eighty pounds, and the yeah, my back and chiropractor loved me for that. But oh yeah, nowadays it's, that's thirty pounds and. Throw oh, it in. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, I've all, I've always been on the bad side of music. Like, when I was young and in a band, I played drums. Right. Right? So you, I'm the guy holding all the crap. That's right. And then later, I became a professional DJ, and I... Uh, and then maybe I need to make air quotes around professional, but uh, it was a DJ. He made a living. That's right, I did. I made, made some money DJing, and then I was hauling in stuff there. So, uh, dude. I have the truck in the band. So where do you yeah. think all the equipment went in? And it was heavy back then. Yeah, yeah, now that's right. Now guys show up to gigs with a backpack. Yeah, I like, know. Dee. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah. awesome. A DJ shows up with a laptop and has 75,000 songs. Hey, uh, you've got a bunch of stories, I know. We're, we're trying to kind of filter two, through one to talk about. We're going to make it a true surf shorts. These these stories, uh, we're going we're gonna to keep it kind of short. But you're telling me you had a clothing line, right? Yes. In the late 90s, early 2000s, it was called Embryo Surf Company. Embryo Surf Company. And was the that? whole point of that name was it was a point of commitment. Because yeah. once an embryo is born, yeah, it, you're committed. Yeah, right? yeah. So that was <laughs> the, the the threshold of commitment. And we had, it was fun. We had some of the best guys on our team. They all surfed really well, but you didn't have to do contests. And this is late nineties. Oh, yeah, it was free surfing and yeah, yeah. You know, it was. Um, we had a bunch of people. That, there's a lot of names on there that went off to college and had families and yeah, and did everything like that. But we had a good group of kids. But we had fun, and they were colorful characters. Yeah. The kids keep it interesting, especially surf kids. For sure. And these guys were, like, Wide I met open. my match. Oh, yeah. I met oh, my yeah. match. I yeah. was a little bit older, but they were similar to me when I was their age, and we just had a vibe going. It was crazy. Yeah. It was, well, tell me, tell me about that time in the surf industry r- real quick, because a lot of people that listen to the show are, 
are kind of uh, in our generation. Like, you know, surfing had that super, super huge boom in the 90s. And like when we were in our mid-20s, man, surfing was going That's off. right. You know, I started surfing when I was eight. That was 1981 after somewhere around there and went through it. And the 90s did. And it kind of... When you got to the 2000s, it started to fizzle because we yeah. did a, a booth and a trade show. And honestly, the group and the pack that we traveled in and the camaraderie that we had, mm-hmm. it, it, it created this vibe. Our clothes were all right, you know, yeah. but yeah. we used our surfers for the art. Like there were pictures of them. We would turn into art and do on T-shirts. Sure. Oh, matter of fact, cool. yeah. it being close to Cinco de Mayo, one was a Cinco de Mayo T-shirt with Henry on it. It was one of the coolest shirts we had. And Jacob, he had dreads and he'd do these spin aerials and nice. air verses, they call them now, but his dreads would fly out and it was just so pleasing to the eye. Yeah, yeah. That definitely makes a good picture. You can see the centripetal motion. And it tells a, tells a story, you know, that, and that's kind of what we try to do here at the shop. There are surf shops everywhere. Yeah. But if you don't have a story to tell, yeah. you don't really have much to give, you know? Yeah. We're a full service, like a full service gas station. We got... Gary back there fixing and shaping boards, and we give lessons and do camps. And there's a bay back there. There is a bay back there. And uh, what label? What label? Uh, G. Wilson. It, okay. It started out as kinetic surfboards, but it's uh, it kind of evolved to the G. Wilson label, which he has boards up at Mike Barden's spot in sure. Surf City and Ocean down in Charleston. So he's up and down, and as far as down to Florida and. As far as Maryland, you know, oh, he's you, got, you got boards up and down the East Coast for you sure. Got to hustle if you're making surfboards, man. Well, and he, he the price right, you know, his he, his whole point is to have the price right and a good good quality board. Yeah, so that's his that's his lane. Yeah, for sure, he does a good job at that. So, so you got the you got this embryo clothing company rolling, right? And you got you got yourself some riders. You're trying to to build your brand, or you're building your brand, and then you decide you're going to take all these guys to Central America. That's right. So I got Jim Whitney was him and his wife Megan were photographers, and they kind of worked for ES ESM and got you know they were great photographers from around here, and they they did some big things, but. We all packed these kids up and went to Nicaragua. <laughs> Back then, this was 2005, six maybe. We had to fly through Liberia, across the border, go in. So you're talking about flying into Liberia, Costa Rica. That's right. Hey, tell me, tell me about the airport at that point in time because uh, I, I haven't been to Costa Rica in a long time, and I stopped going when Liberia was still like. There's chickens on the runway. That's right. And and, and that's kind of, that's the beauty of Nicaragua. It, it starts to evolve, but there's always dirt roads and chickens on the runway. And yeah. Cattle yeah. with the triangular, uh, it keeps them in the fence, but I never see them in the fence. Or oh, 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 I got you. Like with something on their head that keeps them from. Yeah, that's right. But that's cool. Regardless, we flew into Liberia, which was nice. Some of the guys were already down there. So it was Jim Whitney and I, and we flew in and got a cab. Never had been there. And I literally, prior to going there, I had lived on a boat and sailed around the world. Oh, wow. Circumnavigated? Yeah, started in in Portofino, Italy and went all the way through and Mafia Coast, Europe, South Pacific, Central America, surfed Chopu. You transpacked? Yes, went wow. around and surfed everywhere. And, uh, For people that don't know, that means you cross the Pacific Ocean. That's yeah. a transpack. And that, that reference goes all the way back to Jaws for me. Well, and <laughs> if you go back and listen to, uh, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, the oh, Southern yeah. Cross, yeah. that song made 
total sense to me when I saw the Southern Cross. You can navigate south by that thing. That is awesome. It is due south. We were so far off the radar, we lost navigation, like our GPS quit working. Yeah. But the whole point of that is when I did that and went to Nicaragua, I knew that was best bang for the buck. Yeah. Offshore winds, world-class waves. You didn't have to travel far. It wasn't that expensive. I could surf my brains out. Yeah. So with Embryo trying to make a name for themselves, we took team riders, photographer, and went down there. So Jim went in, I flew into Liberia, got in a cab, and he had a goatee. I don't know if you know Jim, but goatee, long hair, and and there's guards along the way. You have checkpoints. Yeah. And, and they're standing there with machine guns? Yeah. yeah and they okay. would look in and they're like, Bin Laden. <laughs> bin Laden, like, because he had the bigote. Yeah. He had the, you know, he had the, the big beard and... We laughed at that. And Jim didn't know much Spanish. I knew enough to get us in trouble then. For sure. And then we crossed the border. You go in through this little brick one side, and he's got about $10,000 worth of photo equipment, which yeah. back then was a lot. It's funny you named that number because I, had, I have another guy on, our, on an earlier episode in there in Mexico, 91. And literally what I said, he says, and we had $10,000 worth of and that's probably a ballpark Yeah, with oh, probably yeah. a little more, you know. Yeah. So he's kind of tripping. He doesn't have much Spanish. I know just enough to get us across the border. So we get in there. These guys are trying to take our bags once we cross because you kind of go in. It's, it's like a snake. You go in, check in, do your thing, come out the other side. And cabs can't go across the border. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So you have to walk about 100 yards to get to a cab. And we unknowingly did not know. So we kind of were like, what's going on? Get in there. Get a cab, kind of figure out what it is. And then we have a three-hour drive, right? So that along the way is where the checkpoints were. Right. You know, you've been lied and you've been lied and they're joking. Yeah. Come to find out, the best way to do is come through with Playboys and cigarettes and you're good. <laughs> but I didn't know that until afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we get to this place called Latika, which we later dubbed Lastinka. It was, <laughs> we were there for 10 days and you ate three meals there. You drank. You ran a tab. Right. Room and board. So every, it's like a surf camp. I wouldn't call this a surf yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah. Not like modern Hilton. surf camp. It was a place to go at that time. <laughs> right. And it was like, I think it was like a hundred something dollars. Like the whole everything, all inclusive. Oh, man. Yeah, but um, I got sick as a dog first trip and decided to buy property on that trip. So that's, that was how much I loved it. But we went there. The waves were firing. We pull up right at dusk. All the surfers there, and you can hear the waves. Like, we didn't know where we were. Now I do. I've been down there 17 years. Yeah. I have a house there, you know, take our family there. Cool. That's but awesome. The, but the first time down, I don't know, Donald is a name that was from Emerald Isle. Okay. North Carolina, great surfer. But, you know, son, Dylan's is up there as well. Great surfer. But Donald's lived down there about 20 years. And Donald was a photographer there at the time. He had decided he was going to live there. We roll up. It's getting dark. We get dropped off at this random... We don't know where we are. Right. And it kind of reminded me of Chopu, Tiapu, however you want to pronounce it. It's the it's the end of the road. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Tahiti, but that is. You drive to the end of the road and there's a break. Same thing with this hotel. It was actually across the river mouth. It's Guasacate, right across is Popoyo. And but they called it Popoyo just because it was that's what you wanted to hear and, and know. But now technically it was Guasacate. We get there and it's thumping. Like right. you can hear the and it is the biggest swell they'd had in twenty five years. Is it dark? It's when getting dark. Right, okay. So by the time we check in and get our hotel, Donald Stone's in the restaurant. So you've got this U shaped 
hotel. In the middle is table chairs and they serve you food there. Everybody, we show up and you could cut the tension with a knife. It was huge. Like, oh, oh, okay. And we kind of peek around and look at the pictures and we're like, like, yeah, this is yeah. what we're getting into at sunrise tomorrow. Right. And mind you, I had literally sailed around the world and surfed waves. So my mind was straight with big wave surfing. Yeah. But it's look, it's always good to ease into it if you haven't been in big waves in a while. It's nice to get a couple well, of days of warm I can up. tell you what, I don't go to Outer Reef anymore. But back then <laughs> I used to go to Outer Reef. So we went there and, and looked at it and you could hear it just crash. And we went up the next day. I mean, it's triple overhead and, and just the normal inside Papoya. So right. there's an Outer Reef out to the left. So one of my team riders who loves big, you know, big waves had been out there. He was there a couple of days before us. And it was like Surfer Magazine was there, boats, photographers. The we, works. The yeah. works. And we got the leftovers. And I don't say they were trashy leftovers. I yeah. mean, it was, he tapped me one morning. He's like, I brought a 610. And he's like, you want to go out there? I was like, sure. So we paddle out in the channel. I have to take a pause and throw up and relieve myself and <laughs> like oh great so we get out there it's just the two of us we surfed for like two hours caught four waves wow and a boat came by dropped in caught a couple but i mean it was 20 plus foot faces yeah so this well, let me, so this four hours i mean this four waves in two hours is this just you being cautious and Absolutely. making sure you got the right way? I mean, yeah. this is my second day there. Yeah, like you're not getting the first wave of a set. No. You're not getting anything just you're not sure to about. Figure yeah. it out. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, just kind of just in awe. It was, it was perfectly huge. It was huge. Yeah. And the way that thing is, what's so funky about that break is it bends on this reef, so you'll get you'll get this wave and, and you you know the safest place is in the barrel. <laughs> but it bends and yeah. you kind of like, should I straighten out? Like what to do? So yeah. it kind of is a head game. And, and 15, 20 years being down there, you know, a lot of Hawaiians come through there and we've snorkeled the reef. It's a gnarly reef. Yeah. There's caves, you know, great lobster to get off there. Oh, but that's cool. Yeah. But it's, it's a funky reef and it's shallow. So over time, you see guys wearing, you know, protective gear who yeah. charge it. Yeah. Helmet. Yeah. Helmet, chest plate and all that. And then... We start to learn the numbers. If this direction, like these guys, you know, Robert, God rest your soul, he was from Outer Banks guy, he lived there. His two kids, Marsh, and he's got two sons there that run Two Brothers Surf Camp. Those guys charge it all the time, but they know the window. Right. These numbers mean this many yeah. wipeouts. These numbers mean this is going to be fun. Yeah. And those guys charge it. So it's a temperamental break, but it I was kind of done at my big wave surfing at that end. And even the inside's big and there's other breaks there, but it, it I've surfed, you know, a lot of places around the world and that place is challenging. So so what did these kids do? I mean, you're on this outer reef, you're not dragging a bunch of well, I don't care. They well, can be hot shots. It's a different thing. That's a different thing. Absolutely. So one of the kids did it. The rest of them didn't. So after that, I went out with Henry. It was just the two of us, which to this day, he probably didn't even know it, but it's one of the most memorable moments of my life because we came back exhilarated, like yeah, adrenaline pumping through our veins. It was firing on the inside. We just watched people surf all day. Yeah. We surfed for a few hours and we were done and yeah. it was as good as... You're like, I've already done it. We just, I, I, I just, there was, I couldn't, <laughs> my adrenal glands were, yeah. were, were, were tapped. So get back on track. There were some kids down there we met. It was about 10 of them. And that day it kind of resolved because one thing about Nicaragua is like, if it's too big, it only holds in certain places, sure, right? Sure, sure. So the swell dropped and it was good. And um, we surfed 
you know, these places, some were secret spots back then that are now well-known places. Yeah. And um, Rosada, left point break, you know, secret spot, Santana, nobody out. Like we surfed these places with nobody out. Oh, it sounds amazing. It, it was really, really cool and a special time. And we didn't know what we had in our hands. Yeah. You know, we went and did, did a bunch of shooting. I unfortunately got sick. So I was out for a few days. But the water? Was it from the water? No, you, you never know. Like, it could be from salads. Yeah. They don't use, yeah. they don't wash it. They don't. It was from food. It was from something. Yeah, yeah. like a dysentery or type they of they recycle thing. bottle beers. Yeah. You, you never know. Yeah. It's happened to me twice in 15 years. It happens. Yeah. But I got sick. And so much so, you know, like I said earlier, like, it didn't steer me off. I was like, this place is awesome. Yeah. Bought two acres and. Ever since it's been on. But that trip in particular, we were shooting for Embryo. These are my team riders. And we went in, caught some really good surf, got some great footage. And then my partner who's down there, who introduced me to property, right, was like, hey, I'm building, you know, you should do it. I was like, ah, I'll buy this property right beside you. So I did. But then after we would, you know, had been down there, been to the rodeos, surfed, like we were just burnt. Stoked yeah. out of our mind. And so we have to go back. We have to go back to Costa Rica, right? How, how long have you been there at this point? Uh, we had been there, I, I think it was about 10, 12 days. We had been, we've been yeah. there for a while. Some of them have been there for two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks going at it. You're exhausted. Yeah. And might I add the hotel we, the hotel we had, had no electricity. Nice. So yeah. we slept and we stuck to our mattress. I mean, it yeah. Was oh yeah. Oh yeah. For and sure. The funny thing is they had the bathroom. You wanted to go early in the morning and it was not sewer. It right. was just uh, yeah, a hole you didn't in the want ground. it to get hot. Well, and, and the first morning I got there, I hadn't even been to Nicaragua. I opened up the toilet seat and my sticker for embryo is on the toilet. <laughs> so my clothing line made it there before I did. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. it made it before I did. Yeah. Classy stuff. Been, yeah. Yeah. So that was the irony of that. And then that was game on and, you know, we surfed and then funny thing is it went on shore and it was huge and we tried to surf it and it was like crazy because of a hurricane. It doesn't go on shore. It's offshore 300 plus days out of the year, but a storm had come across and created, we caught the, the first part really good. And then it just, and we hung out with these Aussies, mm -hmm. these Australians. Aussies are everywhere. Oh my God, man. And we played we played cards and we showed them our, they, they laughed at our slang. We laughed at theirs. It was awesome. Yeah. And they went on to El Salvador and they reported back to us and I sold one of them aboard of mine. But anyway, that was kind of our thing. And then once we had to cross over, a good friend of mine who was living there starting to set up camp. So you're coming back now to Costa Rica to get on a plane and leave. That's right. And the word was don't cross at night. Right. So I've got Jim with 10000 $10,000 of photography equipment. I've got a bunch of groms that I'm responsible for. Yeah. Trying to get them across. We get detained at the border for a minute. My buddy had rented a flatbed truck to move materials to build a house. He did not know from a well-known bandito. Uh, so he hadn't just rented a truck from a company. Yeah. The, whoever he ended up rent this truck from is someone that's known to not be on the up and up. That's right. And they made up the rules as they went along. Yeah. And they were like, oh, a gringo with money. Let's shake him down a little bit. Oh, yeah. I've been shook down. Yeah. That's right. So they were going to kind of detain him 
and we were at a crossroad. Like, do we wait? I got to get these guys across. It's getting dark. We need to crawl because our plane flew out like five the next morning. Yeah. So we had a conversation and he's like, just go. I'll get this figured out. So I get the kids across the border. I say kids. They're they're still kids, but they they, they were they were uh, I don't know they're kids, but they were they were peers at yeah, the same time for sure. Know? Yeah, I, I mean I look you. up to them as surfers. They're great surfers. Crossover, it was very stressful. I think a couple of them went into the pharmacy, maybe got some relaxation pharmaceuticals. Yeah. We'll chill out a little bit. So me and Jim are the older guys. We get to Liberia. We're gonna go to bed. There's a Mexican restaurant or a Latin restaurant across the street or right. a bar. So the youth will go over there after they had been to a pharmacy and, you know, they go and do whatever. I, we went to bed. Yeah. I get a knock on my door about 4.30 in the morning from the security guard. He's like, yeah. He's like, is this, he points behind him and he's like, is this guy with you? Is this Let's your responsibility? Yeah. And I look over and it looks like a deer trying to walk for the first time, like a fawn, <laughs> yeah. like trying to stand up. Oh, he's got on one roller skate. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I was like, get, get in here, get in the room. So I had to round him up and uh, we got everybody round up, but it was definitely. Yeah. Like, so, so your buddy's still stuck in Nicaragua. Yeah, he gets across. So we're driving back. And we reach out to his dad and stepmom and just to kind of say, hey, and we're like, Mike didn't make it back. And they're like, what? And we're like, well, he, he rented a truck. He's building a house. And they're like, wait, what? He owns property in Nicaragua? And I was like, yeah. Uh, I kind of thought you might have already known this. Yeah. And they were not happy at that point. But um, eventually it came out and he now has an amazing yeah. Nico Waves, great resort. We don't have to worry about banditos. Yeah. We, got, we got family that works that place. And, yeah. You know, trucks, boats, all that. Uh, Sounds like a very interesting phone call, though, to inform someone's oh, parents. Shit. There was a long detained. pause, for yeah. sure. It yeah. was like, yeah, he was detained at the border. And, you know, she was like. Yeah. Hey, listen, don't worry. He's just detained by a border officer in Central America. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. And they yeah. go to India a good bit. So they yeah. just, kind of similar. You yeah. know, they're Mayor Baba. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah. were kind of, they were familiar with that. But it was, uh, it was definitely uh, one for the books. And there was, I can't make, there was a, a magazine out of Wilmington. Juice. No, nah, was it Surf One or Surf? Ah, I can't, I'll have to think of it. But they did an article on this whole thing. Oh, okay. And it was the first year we, I wrote, I was uh, trying to get my label going. I was a freelance writer. So I wrote the right. article. We did a booth that year. It was 2004 at the Surf Expo in Orlando. Sure. And that that whole magazine came out and people I didn't know came by and they're like, that is one of the funniest articles I've ever read. Yeah. You know, and it was yeah. just, and that was the whole point of like our team. You didn't have to compete. Yeah. You just needed to be a colorful character, do your thing, yeah. do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. have fun. So how long, before we close it up, like how, how long did you keep that clothing brand? So open? we had it from like the, the, the late nineties to about 2007 ish because my two partners had kids, right? I was the last one to have a son. I was on the road repping West wetsuits, pushing my clothes. That was good. And we had, we had momentum. It was working. We were up, we were from Florida to to Maryland. And then I had a son. 
Yeah. And I was, I couldn't go on the road anymore. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I kind of stopped. But the joke is, is that's what y'all do to us. That's I'm right. Point, I'm pointing off camera to my son right yep, now. Yep. Y'all have no idea <laughs> what we do that's for y'all, a, yeah. but you'll, 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 you'll realize it one day. The funny thing is people bring it up all the time. Like you got to do it. And I have a container full of stuff. Yeah. You know, we had, we were lucky. We had uh, a girl that worked for Heather at, which was uh, Puma. Right. And a girl that worked for Roxy a designer yeah. out of Charleston. Nice. And they worked freelance. They designed stuff. We had like clothes made, like samples. Well, listen, here I'm sitting in Surf City Surf Shop, Myrtle Beach. It seems like you could just set up a display and just get get with it. I could. You got a container for I, I think clothes. I got, yeah. I know, I know. People are like, you got to bring that back. So I might have to do it. That's right. Well, hey, yeah, brother. Sure. Thank All you, right. sir. Thank you, man. All right. Surf Shorts Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show this week. I really do appreciate it. You know that. And a big shout out to Chow at Surf City, Myrtle Beach, for sitting down with me and telling me his story. This is on YouTube. People have got the full show on YouTube, widescreen, if you want to check it out. And you know to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, wherever, www.surfshortspodcast on the web. Also want to give a give a shout out to Nika Waves down in Nicaragua. Go check them out on the line if you want to get some good waves or maybe even get some to yourself. Nika Waves, uh, that resort came out of part of this story. And they've got a really killer website, and I know Nicaragua is certainly, certainly in my future. Another thing I'd like to say is if you are in the market for a surfboard and you happen to be passing through Myrtle Beach, if you don't go into Surf City and check out the hundreds of surfboards, I'm serious, hundreds of surfboards they have, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice. You might be able to walk in there, grab something, walk right out. Everybody have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Surf Shorts Podcast. One last thing, don't forget, big surfboard giveaway coming up soon. Peace out from Surf Shorts. Off the lip. Radical. Tom Curran.